Hey guys, great episode coming up. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about. I got five things that the NCAA tournament has taught me so far this year, and my thoughts on one and dones declaring to take their game to the next level. We're talking March Madness and NBA Draft coming up next. Let's go. Okay, all right. Welcome, welcome again. This is episode two of the Mind of Mike J podcast. A lot of exciting stuff been going on uh, since a few days ago. I have finally gotten episode one on SoundCloud and iTunes, more specifically. Uh, Really excited about that. If you, for those of y'all that have iPhones, hopefully you got the podcast app. You'll be able to now go right on. You can search the name Mind of Mike J find the podcast hit that subscribe button then i don't have to tell you when the new episodes are coming out so you know that's exciting uh i'm really really stoked for it i think this is the start of something really good and um like i said before we are going to get into what i think of one and dones i got think i gotta really think some things i really gotta say on my thoughts on that but first let's get started with this this year's ncaa tournament um Again, it's been a great one, obviously, for people like myself and UNC fans everywhere. Uh, we're, we're riding high, man. This, this might, we might do it. We might do it. Honestly, after last year, you can't really promise anything, but we might do it. So we'll, we'll see, man. We, we will see. I guess I am the last one after anything, after everything that happened last year, I'm the last person to really be getting stoked. I'm I'm literally just hanging on to the edge of my seat right now because I really don't know what's going to happen. But all bias and personal stuff set aside, um it's it's been another great year. We we've seen teams a lot of teams that we thought were going to make it or we a lot of teams that we thought were going to go far did. Some uh did not. And that's all I'm going to say. Not not talking about Duke or anything. Uh, oh, God, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Um, no, seriously, but in all seriousness, there have, there were, there's upsets every year. It's awesome that Duke was one of them, but, you know, it is what it is. We got some good matchups, one-on-one. We got to see UCLA, Kentucky. We got to see Oregon, Michigan. I mean, there, if you're a, if you're really into basketball like I am, you you want the, you want to see those matchups every year and that's exactly what happened so it was exciting man and it's and it's not over that's the best part so we're going into this weekend i'm not going to talk too much up on unc because i don't want to jinx anything um we will see but again like i said in the beginning we got five things that this that really stood out to me and that i want to talk about that this tournament has taught me number 1 Every year when you're making your picks, always go with one what I call WTF team. A WTF team is, I mean that exactly how I said it. That that team just makes you go, what the... I'm trying not to cuss. Y'all have to understand, I'm trying not to cuss on this podcast at all. But you know what I'm about. You know what I mean. Uh, South Carolina 
is clearly who I'm talking about this year. And I'm proud of them. I'm not hating at all. I'm not trying to throw shade. I think it's awesome that they're able to really break through and and go somewhere that they've never been before or or not recently. Someone's going to have to fact check me on that. Has South, South Carolina has never made a Final Four, if, if I'm not mistaken. So... That's great, and, and I'm always happy for schools like that. But every every year, one team breaks through. Syracuse was that team last year. Nobody outside of Syracuse fans picked Syracuse to make the Final Four. Uh, a couple years ago, it was Wichita State. There was VCU that one year. It's It just seems like a, a running theme that there will be a WTF team in the Final Four at a certain point. So, you know, that's, wow, that's all I'm going to say. Um, but that, yeah, that's one thing I think we kind of already knew, but I just want to reiterate, we got to make sure we're talking about these. We're not, we got to make sure we're not ignoring these nine, 10, 11 seeded teams. Cause you, they seem to come in and F stuff up every year. Um, next is stop picking Kansas. I hate to say that because I like Kansas. I like Bill Self. I I like that they've dominated their conference for the last two president administrations, but I I can't. I'm done. I'm done with Kansas at this point. I pick Kansas to go to the title game, win the title, or get to the Final Four because I don't like being biased. I think picking your team to win it all kind of jinxes it. I think I think being overzealous of your team jinxes it. So I I try not to pick Carolina in my preseason predictions ever like and I'm and granted when I'm talking about predictions this is before the season started I did pick UNC to win the whole thing when I filled out my bracket but before the season I was not talking about UNC even though I thought we would go far like I said I just think it's bad luck Kansas was my preseason pick to win the whole thing and once again they have disappointed me and at this point I'm done I'm just not picking them anymore it's that's just it just it just is what it is. I can't bring myself to do it. I don't know what's wrong. They they got a good coach. They win their conference. They have all Americans. They have talent. There's no reason on paper to not like. Am I wrong for having faith in them? Because to me, it seems like there's really no reason to not pick Kansas. But every single year, this happens. This just keeps happening. So. What the heck? I don't, I don't know what to think anymore. I At this point, I've just had enough. I've just had enough. I've, I've got like this, I don't know what, I've got this love-hate relationship with Kansas now. So, I don't know, man. Oh, they, they just need to do better. Number three, good luck with the three, the 314, 413, and 512 range when it comes to your upset picks. When you're when you're for those of y'all that like filling out brackets these this is where lightning is going to strike in that range meaning a 14 is going to upset a 3 a 13 is going to upset a 4 or 12 is going to upset a 5 somewhere somewhere in this in the field of 64 this is going to happen who it happens it seems to vary uh, I know Middle Tennessee made some noise this year out of the 12 spot, and they 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 messed up somebody last year. Then you have Florida Coast, Florida Gulf Coast, a couple years back with Dunk City. 
I mean, this is, it's, you know, it's going to happen. The frustrating thing is, you know, it's going to happen. You just don't know where. So it kind of helps when you, when you pick out, if you go back and look, like I said, this, it, this happens. There's an upset in that range just about every single year, but it's kind of hard to pick like where it's coming from. And if you pick wrong, it screws up your whole bracket. And that's exactly what happened to me this year. So unfortunately you can't avoid it but it'll make or break it'll make or break your bracket pools so i feel like i'm giving those of y'all that fill out brackets advice on where to look but i'm also giving you i'm I'm also might be leading y'all off a cliff at the same time so pick a 12 13 or 14 seed to win in the first round um just pick the right one is basically what i'm trying to say Number four, don't go too crazy with the quote-unquote hot team. What I mean by hot team, the team that goes on a run and wins their conference tournament or it seems like they're playing really well at the end of the season. Um, Also, the opposite of that, don't sleep on the team that closes out the season not playing that well. Like I said, again, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but Gonzaga won their conference tournament. They made it to the final. They're in the final four right now. Pretty much everyone else was not, didn't close out that great. Oregon, UNC, we know, didn't win their conference tournament. South Carolina didn't win theirs. South Carolina, didn't, South Carolina wasn't playing well at all to end the year. And look where, look where we're at now. On the other side, you got Michigan, who, granted, Michigan played well. For a Sweet 16 is about what you expect for a team like Michigan. But you look at who else won their conference tournament. You got Kentucky. Oops. Uh, you got Villanova. Oops. Duke. Oops. I, I'm just saying. I know the trendy thing is to pick the the team that's playing well at the moment, and it would make sense, but it's deceiving. It's deceiving. A lot of a lot of these bracketology guys on TV will tell you to go with the team that's playing their best basketball going into March, and I mean it's. That's not always the case, especially this year. Number five, one and dones are overrated. They just are. I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like there's enough evidence at this point to suggest that that's the thing. Here's here's what I think about one and done. This this actually leads me perfectly into what I want to talk about the second half of this, which is my thoughts on the whole NBA one on one and done situation. First of all, one and dones are very, and I mean, this is just the nature of them because of their age, but one and dones are, can be all over the place, dealing with them at the college and at the pro level, recruiting them to your team in college and drafting them to your team in the pros. It could go a whole bunch of different ways, but I feel like it's mostly disappointment. I mean, we look at, as far as on the college level, I think it's no question that if you want to win at the college level, when it comes to one and dones, everything in moderation. Or better yet, it seems it would seem this year you don't even really need one and dones at all. I mean, how many are in the Final Four right now? Obviously, South Carolina might get one guy drafted, and Thornwell, and he's a senior. Gonzaga's got that one kid, Collins, that I've seen, but other than that, there's none on Gonzaga's team. There sure isn't anyone on Oregon's team. UNC might 
there's some people that think Tony Bradley might jump, but, but for the most part, you can say with confidence there is no sure one and done in this Final Four, and there really wasn't one last year, with the with the exception of um, Malachi Richardson at Syracuse. And when he jumped, it was mostly a surprise. That wasn't even something that the, the Syracuse people didn't even see that one coming. UNC didn't have any one and duns last year. Villanova didn't even have anyone get drafted. Anyone even get drafted off that Villanova team? In the Villanova didn't even have a draft pick last year. They won the whole thing. Oklahoma, no one and duns. So for the last two years, the Final Four has consisted, about 99% of the Final Four has consisted of sophomores, juniors, seniors. No one-and-dones. Now, I know what y'all are going to say next. Well, what happened with, well, Duke had a bunch of one-and-dones lead into the Final Four in 2015. You know what else happened in 2015? One of the most talented teams I've ever seen, University of Kentucky, got beat in the Final Four on their way to what I thought was them winning the whole thing. They got beat. Carl Anthony Towns, the eventual rookie of the year the next season. Devin Booker dropped 70 the other night. Trey Lyles, high first-round draft pick. They got beat by Wisconsin. Frank Kaminsky, really? Really? Not to mention all the other sophomores and juniors they had. You lost to Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker. So, you know, I'm just throwing that out there, man. Like I said, I'm not like I'm not trying to throw shade. I understand guys are young and you can only expect so much of them, but come on. There's no reason to have that much NBA talent on one team and get and get beat by like that. The only thing that should be able to stop you is a team with 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 that just as much NBA talent. There is no reason that Kentucky team in 2015 going on a 30 something game win streak should have lost to Wisconsin come on now moving on to the NBA because I know mostly that's what one and dones are there for I'm, and I understand that one and dones are there to go to the league they're 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 not here to win college basketball games at least that's become what college basketball is now John Calipari is John Calipari's pitch at Kentucky, because, I mean, we know that guy's better than better, the best at recruiting one-and-dones by far, no question. No one else even comes close. That's his pitch. Come to Kentucky, play for one year, I'll get you on the floor, you'll compete for a title, but you're going to get drafted. And he's done a good job of getting his guys drafted, and the guys that go there, that's what they're there for. So I understand that, but... Here's the thing. One and Duns in the league, look at what they're doing. Now again, we got to count from 2006 when the league when the league first put this rule through saying you had to be 19 and 1 year removed from college, meaning or 1 year, excuse me, high school. You had to you have to be 19 years old and 1 year removed from your high school graduating class to get drafted to the NBA. Which is kind of basically, you might as well say you have to play in college one year, even though technically that's not true. You could, you don't have to play in college. You could go play overseas. You could not play at all. You could just sit or, sit around at your house and wait till the next year if you wanted. But basically, I mean, if you want to get, if you really realistically, if you want to improve your draft stock, you got to go to college. But seriously, what are what are one and duns doing for the league right now? That's that great. I'm going to throw this out at y'all, and y'all can tell me if I'm wrong. 
you can you can tell the story. We're going on 10 years now that the NBA has had this rule in place. We're going on 10 years now. You can pretty much tell the story of one and done of one and dones in the NBA with three chapters or three categories. The first category we got is the we got talented but injured. Jabari Parker, Joel Embiid, Derrick Rose. Guys that can ball, their talent is undeniable. They cannot stay healthy. I don't think that's an unfair label to throw on any of them because Derrick Rose has... When was Derrick Rose's last good season? 2011, 2012? I mean, I feel bad for the brother. He could ball, but, you know, once them knees went out, he just he just isn't the same guy. He's just not. Jabari Parker, we're going on what, three years now? Three years now that he's he's had two season ending he's had two season ending injuries. Joel Embiid didn't play for his first two years, came back on a minutes restriction this year, as in they limited his minutes for the sole purpose of him not getting injured, and he still got hurt. And you're seeing the teams that they play for suffer and because and get set back because of it. Chicago's really got no one they can build around besides Jimmy Butler. They ended up t- trading Rose to the Knicks. Not really doing much with the Knicks. The Bucks, for whatever reason, because they got talent outside of Jabari Parker, the Bucks are not in contention at all. I don't even think they're in the playoffs. Then you got the Philadelphia 76ers, who are obviously playing for another lottery pick again. Oh yeah, talented but injured, Ben Simmons. Just saying. Um, you got the 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 second category, talented but not contending. Andrew Wiggins, Bradley Beal, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Bennett, and pretty much everyone from Kentucky. I mean, it's it's just the truth. They're not they're not productive. You look at you look at the one and dones coming into the league within the last few years. For the most part, the ones that are healthy, they're not winning. Washington's got John Wall and Brad Beal. Other than that, and Kevin Durant, who was drafted in the first year, he's really Kevin Durant is really the only true exception to what I've said so far. He's been, he's kind of done his thing, and he was picked up in the very first draft that the year was instituted. Since then, no one has even come close. John Wall, Brad Beal have a somewhat competitive team in the East, but that's pretty much it. And I know you, and I know some of y'all that know basketball think I'm leaving a couple guys out, and I feel like I'm going to get to them. Because category three is the thank God LeBron is my teammate category. Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. Am I forgetting anyone? Is there anybody that I'm forgetting? Because I don't feel like I am. Name me one guy. Go on. Name me one more person that's been one and done these last couple years that doesn't fall into the categories I've just named. Anthony Davis. Pelicans are no better than an 8 seed. Have been no better than an 8 seed since he's been there. Boogie Cousins. No playoffs. OJ Mayo. Does anybody even know who he's playing for right now? Come on, let me know if there's somebody I'm forgetting because that's just that's just the reality. 
And then, like I said, I understand these guys are young, but at a certain point, you got to say, maybe these, maybe these guys aren't. I'll, I'll, I'm, like I said, I'm not saying don't draft them. I'm not saying they won't ever be good players. I'm saying stop the hype. I mean, it's multiple one and done picks doesn't seem to be helping. You look at the teams that employ a lot of these guys. The Timberwolves. The Suns. The Sixers. The Lakers. I'll use the Lakers as an example. Lakers got three that I can think of. D'Lo, D'Angelo Russell, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle. Phoenix Suns, Marquise Chris. No, actually, Tyler used what? Devin Booker. That's what I'm thinking of. Marquise Chris, Devin Booker. Minnesota Timberwolves, loaded with one and duns. Andrew Wiggins, Cat. Anthony Bennett. Shabazz Muhammad. Zach Levine. They're terrible. They're terrible. Whole team full of guys. Got all the potential in the world. They stink. Like I said, at a certain point, at a certain point, what are they doing for the league? Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love, because I, I don't mean to backtrack, but I got to address what I'm in case anyone's confused as to why I said, thank God LeBron is my teammate. Kyrie and Kevin Love individually, their teams, same thing. The Cavaliers stunk when Kyrie was their star player. They stunk before LeBron got there. Minnesota, where Kevin Love played his first few years, they stunk. Rotated, were, rot- were in the draft, where they were in the lottery every dang on year. They stunk. Since 2007, every number one pick has been a one and done, with the exception of 09 with Blake Griffin. We look at the history here, and we started off pretty good. Yeah, Greg Oden was a fluke. He got injured. Since, Oset, since then, first four looked pretty good. Derrick Rose, John Wall, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis. Not bad, right? After that, it gets a little bit more, gets a little muddier. After that, Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, Ben Simmons. Best you got is, best out of that, All most of those guys play for the Timberwolves. Timberwolves got three of those guys. What what happened there? They're not even sniffing the playoffs. You look at the guys that are running the league right now, they did not go one and done. LeBron doesn't count because LeBron was high was out of high school and he was he got drafted before the one and done rule went into place. Russell Westbrook was not one and done. James Harden, not one and done. Kawhi Leonard, not one and done. Blake Griffin, not one and done. Damian Lillard, Steph. You got to look at some of these guys. These these are the guys having success at the pro level. They're not one and done players. Like I said, I'm not saying don't draft them. I'm saying if your team drafts a one on one and done, expect that there's a good possibility that your team will be right back drafting another one next year. There's enough evidence to suggest that your team may not be close to contending because you pick one up regardless of all the hype that's surrounded by them. And on top of that, 
there's probably a player your team could have picked up that was a sophomore, junior, senior that you might have overlooked that's going to end up having a lot better career. That's all I'm saying. So what I think so do I think the one and done rule is a bad thing? Not necessarily. I don't necessarily agree with it because I think the the path to the NBA out of the three major sports is the worst one. Football, you can't go for a couple years. You have to be what, 3 years removed? Football, you have to be 3 years removed from high school. Which means if you go to college, you're there to play. You're there to get better. You're there to grow up a little bit, hit puberty a little bit. I I, I can understand that. Because if you're going to go to college, go to college. Not this, this one and done stuff. These kids are taking geography and theater and pottery building or whatever freshman electives that you got to take for a few months. You got to remember, they're not even getting two full semesters in. If you're if you're a one and done, you declare for the draft in March. You're withdrawing from school, so you're really not even getting two full semesters. What are you possibly learning? You're not there to learn. You're not. You have no interest in school, and you shouldn't. But the other thing, and then you got baseball on the other side, where kids can get drafted out of high school. They don't necessarily go to their team, but they've got farm clubs. These are leagues where they can make money. So you don't have you don't have the kids in high school saying, "Well, I'm 18, I should be able to make a living." You're able to get paid, albeit not much, but you're able to get paid. The organizations get to see you play as a prospect, see your skills develop, and slowly work you in and get you in on the roster before they make a real huge investment. To me, that would make sense. The this this college thing, I, I I just don't see how it's helping people. The coaches don't necessarily want them because they get kids with bad attitudes that think they're ready for the league. I mean, obviously the the, the coaches that are recruiting them have even said that they think it's BS. Go look at past coach from past quotes from Coach K and John Calipari. They did not like one and duns, even though they they now they recruit them. So the coaches aren't necessarily liking it. You got the players that feel like they're forced to be there. NBA teams are picking up guys that really aren't any better because they're going and they're not they're not really learning anything. They're not getting they're not in college long enough to really get any skills going. And when you're a young guy, the prime of your career isn't but so long. You want to get paid as soon as you can. If I'm a young guy, if I mean me personally, if I'm a player, I want to come in. I want to start making money as soon as I as I can because I don't know how long I'm going to be able to play this game for. But you're telling me I got to sit out a year for what? If I'm one, if if I'm if I'm one and done, I'm I know I can get go. I know I can play in this league. I know I'm better than half the guys you got. Why should I have to sit and wait? You know, do I know the answer to it? No. I honestly, in the in the day or two, I was thinking on the what I would be saying for this podcast. I kind of wanted to talk about some possible solutions because I don't want to seem like a guy that just sits and complains without talking about solutions. But I really don't know. I don't. I don't know if going back to having high school kids would be having high school kids be able to go straight to the pros would necessarily be better. 
because there were a lot of casualties then. There were a lot of kids going to the league and getting and and being undrafted. I thought about what if what if they moved to like football? You got to stay in college two or three years. Well, that's even that's even more stressful on the players now. If you're if you're a kid, you know that's more time for you to potentially get injured and have your draft stock affected. That's more time for that's less time that you're able to make money. That's cutting off. That's cutting years out of the prime of your career. And I don't want to necessarily say I co-sign that either because I understand as an 18 year old kid, you're from the hood. You want to get your fa- You want to be able to feed your family. I mean, that's just a reality. But I do think it needs to be looked at is, is my overall point. I do think that it does need to, we need to look at this one and done thing and say, is it really working? Is this really in our best interest? I mean, the best possible thing I could come up with, maybe the NBA should, should, should think about a third round. And when I say a third, a third round in their draft, and you tier it as far as the privileges that come along with it. If you get drafted in the first round, you're getting a guaranteed NBA contract. You're getting the millions of dollars. You're getting everything that's supposed to come with being an NBA player. Second round will give you a shot at making the team, but no promises. If you get drafted in the third round, you go play in the D League. Because they because we already have an NBA developmental league. The NBA is already pumping money into it. Owners are spending money on we're spending money on it anyway. You got you would satisfy the kids that say they can't make a living because you're giving them an option in their one year, and the one year would be mandatory. If you're a third round talent, you can declare out of high school, but if you're a third round talent, you play in the D League for a one year mandatory in the D League. And at the end of that one year, we'll evaluate you and see if you're ready for the league or not. You'd be satisfying the kids that want a place to play and they want to get paid and don't want to necessarily be forced into an unpaid farm league, which is essentially what college basketball is for a kid that only plans on staying for one year. You'd be giving kids, kids would still have the option of going to college and that way the coaches know the kids that are coming want to be there because the kids that wouldn't want to play, they'd, they'd just go straight to the draft. And it would be a cautionary tale to say, look, you can get drafted, but you might not get picked up. Like, you might, you might not be as good as you think you are. You might get drafted third round and be a D-League pick for a year. It might be in your best interest to go try play for somebody's college program. And now I understand that would involve a lot more time and budget and paying attention to, you know, as far as scouting. For the owners, that's a lot of money. They'd have to crank out a lot more money in terms of scouting and coaching and things as far as developing players. But I would think as an owner, you would want to have a farm system. You would want to have somewhere where guys can develop and and get their skills going. If a kid is talented, but he just doesn't necessarily have all the necessary things skills-wise to play in the league, I would think you would want to do that. But I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm like I, I'm not. I'm sure I'm not bringing up something that hasn't been brought up already. I'm just saying. I feel like I feel like the system now just doesn't seem like I said. I, it just doesn't seem like it's working, and we could do a lot to fix it. But 
you know, in the meantime, heck, it's fun to see these one-and-done guys play in, in college for a year because the one thing you will say is they're entertaining. It's very entertaining. So, might not win a whole lot, but it looks great on a Sports Center highlight reel. Um, and that's pretty much all I got, guys. Uh, so, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, this has been the Mind of Mike J, Episode 2. And we'll be looking forward to talking about more stuff in the future. So, thank you very much. We're gone. <laughs>